Join us in celebrating Latino Heritage Month this October. Hi everyone, Jocelyn with you here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas. Now, Gina has been keeping a tally on a certain thing that I wanted her to really track. And she's finished all the emails. Thank you, Gina. Hope you're getting plenty of rest over there in uh, Liechtenstein. But anyway, this is what she did. We found that about 102 people, mainly female, most were not college educated, said that the show was too deep and it involved too much. Now, here's something I want you to understand, folks. We're so accustomed to just getting in a humdrum relationship and just dealing with whatever comes down the pike as if we deserve it or as if no matter what you do, you're going to wind up with the same kind of situation. Well, a cynic always, as Oscar Wilde said, knows the price of everything and the value of nothing. So what does this mean? Or the cost, I should say, and the value of nothing. So what we have to look at is something a little bit more comprehensive here. You know that old saying, you get what you pay for? Sometimes you do. Fellas, let me tell you something. If you're dealing with a woman who hasn't really worked on herself emotionally, mentally, what you're going to wind up with is a mediocre woman. Same thing for you ladies going for men. He's a mediocre man, and you know it. And you have better choices to make than he does, and you haven't made them, have you? Oops. You know you could do better. And I'm not talking about better as far as putting them down. I'm talking about that person doesn't really fit you, but you're trying to make them fit. People do this a lot. They want what they want. And they look at need as desperation. They look at want as notoriety and accomplishment. Now, I'm going to read to you some of the emails that we got. And here's the interesting thing. The majority of women who had this disposition were African-American women, which I thought was very odd. We averaged it out. It came to 68% were African-American women, 20% were Latina, and the remainder were Caucasian. So what does this mean in essence? It means that people who have more of an emotional association with relationships, guess what? They're triggered easily, even by the topic of dating and relationships. Now, I'm just a guy that has a podcast that talks about things because I have experience, and that's all I'm doing. Just pointing things out to you, sharing experiences with you, sharing experiences from other people with you. But here's the sad reality. 
Some people are so triggered and traumatized by relationship, the word of it, that they think that they're going to go and still do the same practices over and over and get a different result. They have a damn treasure trove of relationships that all fail and sit back and say, damn, something's wrong with the world. But they don't look at themselves. Now, one thing I want to update you on with this online dating thing. Twitter's had a, a Tinder, I'm sorry, not Twitter, but Tinder, had a 7% increase in paid membership. Now, this is not uncommon. From the months of October, November, December, and any given year, there's a spike in online dating. And the reason for that, holidays, people are lonely. People don't get along with family members, but they want someone else to be with, cuddle with. And sadly, many of these unions that are created throughout this three-month period dissipate between January, February, and March. And by the time April rolls around, they'll by themselves again. It's a cycle. It's a cycle. Now, you have some people that actually like to be surprised. And what I mean by this is, instead of me going out, finding the research, finding the data on these things, they just want to live life and just be surprised by whatever happened. Which one would you choose? To be more in tune with what can possibly happen or to just let it happen and then deal with it and struggle? Let's say you came from another country and didn't know about Florida. And you bought this wonderful house on one of those canals. Hurricane comes into town and you're just waiting to see if you survived this one. A couple of years later, another hurricane comes into town. You're seeing if you're going to survive the next one. Let's say the third time it comes in, it wipes your house completely out, floods your place. Then you have to make a choice as to whether or not it's worth it, right? Is it worth it for me to stay here or should I move? Sometimes that's the way we are. We don't really do anything until after we really have to do something based on an event that motivated us to actually make a change. We can look at our own government. Everything is fine. People complain about, hey, this could possibly happen. And when it does happen, then all of a sudden, there's a problem. We don't address the potential threat. We address the issue after it happens, at least in some instances. But if you look at certain things that Homeland Security and FBI does, what they do I know forgive me what they're doing is they're actually preempting a lot of events that we don't even hear about but you know what we don't recognize that we don't tell them good job we only want to be mad at them when something doesn't go right haven't you noticed that with people in general when you have a certain opinion or belief Oh, and they're pissed at you because they've been your friend all the time, but when you talk about some subject matter, then all of a sudden, whoa, wait a minute, where did that come from? So it all depends on the caliber of person you want. Just like 
the caliber of leather that's put in a Rolls Royce. You gotta decide the quality of the person you want in your life. I've gone on dates with women, I couldn't even understand what the fuck they said, and they were here in the US, born here, but couldn't speak proper English. And they only had one language, and that was English. And English whooped that ass like you wouldn't believe, just like they were in a bar fight. And it was really sad. These women knew how to dress, they knew how to look, but they didn't know how to speak. They didn't know how to present themselves. And ladies, you know there are guys that are like that. You see them every day. And you say to yourself, I can't take him home to mama. I can't have him around my friends. I can't take him around my coworkers. I can't take him to any place that's upscale because he would embarrass me. And you ladies know this. But see, some guys, the pickings are so slim for them, they say, go, let me go on and drag her ass on out here. And I just tell her to keep her mouth shut and maybe that'll work. Had a friend of mine, beautiful girlfriend he had. He used to always have in the front seat of his convertible Corvette. Girl never spoke a word. He'd always smile. Well, one time, we went out. The four of us, me with my girl. This woman opened her mouth. I could have sworn that we were still in 1861 because there was no way in the fuck she should have been speaking like that in this modern era. But I saw, and a boy told me, he said, see, he says, she's a trophy. She said, I do it just like a trophy. Put on the front seat and let her shine. Just don't say nothing. But he stayed with her because she was an attractive woman. And she never understood that the only reason why he was with her because she was physically attractive. That was it. There was no substance there. When he wanted to have intellectually stimulating conversations, he would talk to other women that he knew. She was just a placeholder. And then eventually she knew her place in the relationship. Sadly, that place was when he got on the phone with those other women, she went into the kitchen or living room and watched television. Because she didn't feel as though she was confident enough in order to try to tell him, hey, you disrespected me. Because believe it or not, behind that beauty, there was an inferiority complex. <clears throat> and the sad thing was, she went the opposite way with it. See, when a person's ignorant about things, the best thing to do is to educate yourself. It's easy, it's free. It helps you out a lot, but what she wanted to do was double down because she was so insecure about that insecurity that she was gonna let the insecurity win. Which meant that she had the ass end of a relationship instead of the front end. Sadly, when my friend passed away, she didn't get a dime, and she lived with him. He left everything to his sister and one of his other female friends that was pretty sharp with finance. 
they meted out what the woman who lived with him should get because he didn't trust her. Oh, he said he loved her. Told me that plenty of times. He said, but he just didn't trust her. He didn't trust her judgment. She lacked confidence. And she never understood why she could never measure up with him. And it was because of the fact that she didn't want to learn things. She knew everything with her limited scope of life with what she experienced. That's all she based her whole existence on. That's not a good way to live, folks. Because I would rather observe and listen to other people that have gone through experiences that I may be encountered with and I might not have to go through based on their experience. Instead of being a fool that's got to learn every time, you got to go and get slammed on the floor every time. Well, I learned from that. Let me try this. Now, what this means with this resurgence and uptick in these people going online is that these people are serious. They're spending their own money now looking for someone to meet. See, the problem with free, anything free, especially when it comes to dating, you run the risk of running across a lot of people that are just there to waste time. They want to deal with their dysfunction. They want to deal with all kinds of setbacks, all kinds of other issues, and they don't have time for it. So they like playing around. So, one thing that I've always told my listeners, only look for people who are paid members, only look for people who are gold members, platinum members, or whatever they are, if you're paying, because you'll filter out a lot of the free folks. See, some of the scammers, do they do get by, because they will go and sucker someone into sending them some money, cash after them some money, and they'll take that money and they'll go and get a paid account. Rare though, but they do it. And is it going to exempt you from a lot of scammers by paying? No, it won't, but it will surely minimize the number that you'll run into. Now, I'm not one that believes in spending a lot of money on dating apps. I'll just tell you that now. There have been people that have spent so much damn money, it wasn't funny. What I try to do, if I'm trying out a new app, take for instance, ad pops up on Facebook or one pops up on television about their new dating app. Well, I'll go in. If they have a three or five day trial or whatever, I'll try that. Maybe sign up for one month. Just to see if I like the feel of it. Because it's the people that actually make the dating app. It's not the app itself. It's the people that are on it. If you notice in social media, you got a different crowd on Twitter than you do from Facebook, than you do from Snapchat, than you do from TikTok, than you do from Kick, than you do from FetLife, than you do from any other of these different platforms. And the reason why they're different it's because people have different interests. 
different philosophies. And that's the reason why it's like that. You look at Twitter now. Twitter used to just be a platform for women who would be at an event, church, sporting event, concert, and they'd want to chit-chat with their girlfriends about whatever's going on. And then it expanded. And what happened now? One of the things you see on Twitter a lot are single moms out there showing their wares. They want that attention. They're going on showing breasts, showing vagina, everything else. Because they want that those accolades. Now, who knows what Elon's going to do with Twitter. Right now, they're having some issues with personnel, with security, especially with revenue streams. All of the platforms are having a problem with that. Online advertising. So, even with these dating apps, you go and you pay the full amount. We'll say you pay for six months. And then they may have a caveat in there where if you want to text more people or whatever or have some other kind of function, you got to buy coins or pay more. you got to watch it with that. And this is the reason why a lot of people just go in and put a hell of a lot of money down on it so they'll cover everything. And then they get pissed off and they write into shows like mine complaining about how they wasted their money. They haven't met anybody. Or they go to another app and find the same damn people. And usually that's the case, folks. Especially if you have some of these dating apps that have sister apps. So you go to one, and nine times out of ten, you're going to see that same person throughout the consistency of all the rest of those apps. And you do a search. So you have to really choose your poison. How it pertains to you. More in a moment. Now, when it comes to online dating, you have what is called the online dating lifestyle. What is that? It's just like the singles lifestyle of old. You know, where you'd go to different mixers, you go on singles cruises, you go to singles jazz festivals and concerts in the hopes of meeting someone new. Well, the thing is, now you don't have to get in your car and go anywhere. You can just sit on your ass and attend these events. Because, you know, like now, one of the big things in the online lifestyle is the lives. As many dating apps have the live uh, component. And of course, these people like to follow. Personally, I hate doing live shows. The reason being, you got so many things coming at you. You got the people in the comments, you got the people that want to come in and be a speaker, you got the people that 
or you know doing the drive-by comments, drive-by insults. And after a while, it becomes very annoying. But there are certain things that we have to come to a realization of. We put ourselves in situations where we may feel less than even in a dating environment. Like a wish list of things. You know, the one thing I will never do on a dating app, where they have like most popular, that's the last person I would contact. I would never contact someone that was on the most popular list or featured or something like that. Well, here's the reason. They're doing that, of course, in order to keep people on the platform, keep them from closing the app up. But now, if you're a gamma, go for it. Go for it. But see, this is the way things are. They're doing it for the money. You're doing it to find someone hopeful. Now, the other difficulty that you have with this whole practice is that there are some people who enjoy and embrace this lifestyle. And if you're looking for a relationship, these are the people that you might not want to get involved with. They love the environment more than they love anyone else. So there's a good possibility. You meet this person and the conversation is going to center around the dating platform. How many people did you meet so far? Who did you date? How were the dates? And they keep it in that kind of context. So you never can advance to get to know the person any better than you do. Because they like the lifestyle. That's what they want to be and they got the attention. So this is their moment. The spotlight's on them. And they're going to try to keep that going. And instead of looking to you as a partner, you're a fan to them. That's what you are. Now, a couple of things that you needed to uh, consider. And Randy, I'll give you credit, sir. Out over there in Pensacola, Florida, he pointed something out. Now, Randy's in the Navy. He's African-American. And he was talking about how adversarial the interaction is when he meets a woman on Black People Meet or one of these other sites. It's like he was talking about how he had to literally fight just to say hello to a woman. But he can go on any of these other sites and get with women of other races and backgrounds, and they're not as confrontational. And what I was letting him know was that was indicative of frustration. I said, you got to look demographically where you were trying to meet a woman. You're trying to meet a woman in the Pensacola area, Jacksonville, Atlanta area. You may have those frustrations because they probably kissed a lot of frogs. But I always tell guys this. If you ever run across a frustrated woman, don't try to convert her. Don't try to convince her. Don't try to save her. Don't try to appease her. Let her stay that way. She deserves it. If she allowed herself to get to that point, 
based on some other dude that she was with. It was her choice to be with him, and it's her choice to deal with that problem, and it's not your responsibility to try to fix it. You don't have to take nobody's shit, fellas. See, the lady's not gonna take your shit because she has choices. She's only taking your shit because she has more of an interest in you. See, that's what that's about. So when we talk about the power structure, women have it, but a lot of women don't know how to use it. And that's the problem. That's the reason why many of them are frustrated. They make the wrong choice on the dude. They don't vet him properly. So they're left languishing in frustration. See, what people will always like to do is to break you down to their level so then they could actually interact with you. Your level's already set, whether you're a man or a woman, as to what you're willing to accept. Your standards, your values, those things are already in place. You should not have to dumb yourself down to get along with someone. And then again, you shouldn't have to go and try to act like you're the smartest person in the world to get along with someone either. If you guys don't have that happy medium, move on. Don't try to force it. Most of you make your mistakes in relationships, especially when it comes down to online dating. You're trying to make yourself fit into that mold because you like that person. The first thing I look for when I interact with a person is to see what kind of feedback I get from them. If it's negative, mediocre, lukewarm, lackadaisical, I'm not going to pursue that anymore. I'm done. I'm going somewhere else. If they're too enthusiastic, that's a red flag for me. That's a red flag. Now, here's the thing. As many of you know who's been listening to this show since 2019, the show has never been about self-aggrandizement. It's never been about me saying I'm better than anybody else. I'm some kind of leader. I'm just like everybody else who listens to this show. The only thing is, I observe and I think. Because critical thinking when it comes to dating is far more important than your emotions. Please understand that. Your emotions will get you into more trouble in your life than your thought process. Now, I'm not saying you have to cancel out your feelings and your emotions. But you want to have them where, okay, this person has to measure up logically before I can even think about getting into my emotions. You know, ladies, like you do with sex, how the guy has to get you emotionally, where you guys have chemistry, before you'd even think about sex. He's got to get to you cerebrally, emotionally, and then intimately, and then you may consider sex. See, here's the problem for some of you. Some of you skip that first part, and you just want the emotions and the intimacy. And this is what messes a lot of you up, especially you young ladies. They put you behind the eight ball every time. You got to use some long-term critical thinking skills and start thinking about 
okay, if I got with this dude, where are we going to be in three years? Just make it something as simple as three years. What is he working on now that will make his life better? What am I doing now that would make my life better? And combine, how would our lives be better in three years? But you don't want to go in there with the mindset of poverty. Oh, he, he got to buy me this. He got to, no. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I have a friend of mine that taught his daughter very well. She's 30 now. No, 31. And I remember when, they, when she was growing up as a kid. He would always tell his wife, because his wife was like the traditional woman talking about, oh, the man needs to go out and work. I sit at home, cook, clean, and everything. Well, she got that luxury because my friend, when he got with her, he realized how vulnerable she was. Now, she was a very attractive woman, but she was very vulnerable and naive because her mom reared her that way. With her dad, dad went to work every day. So she felt as the only thing she had to do was learn how to cook, clean, go to the grocery store and shop, and that was it. And my friend started talking to him. He was looking for more of an independent woman initially. And he told me about her. And he said, man, you got to meet her. She's a really nice lady. And she's got a sister. And maybe you can... Well, I met her sister. And her sister was just like she was. And I told her sister, I said, we'll be good friends, but now we can never have a relationship. And she couldn't understand why not. She liked me. I liked her. But I liked her in the context of the physical presence. But philosophically, philosophically, we weren't there. Because I asked her one day when we were talking about a future. And I said, well, what would happen if we were married and I died? Oh, well, I would probably take the life insurance money and pay off the house. Okay, how are you going to survive after that? I don't know, I might marry again. What I was looking for was individual sustainability. You're still dependent on a man. And that was her problem. That was my friend's problem with his wife. And what he did with his daughter over the years, he told his daughter, he said, you know, this is what you're gonna do. He says, I'm going to teach you as a child how to use a bank book. I'm going to take you to the bank with me and show you how the transactions are done. And he had a business on the side, and he said, I'm going to show you how to do the books in that business. And his wife was upset with him. She don't need to learn all of that. She's only a teenager. She don't need to know all this stuff. He said, yes, he does. Yes, she does. Because if something were to happen to me, she would be the one to run the company. She'd be the one to pay the bills. She'd be the one that I would feel comfortable leaving all of my assets to. Not you. After him saying that, it was a rivalry between mom and daughter. It got so bad at one point that her mother told her, you must be fucking him. 
and that hurt her more than anything because she's very close to her dad. She ran away from home at 15. Me, her dad, and several of our friends went out looking for her, trying to find out where the hell she was, and L.A.'s a big place. Guess what we found? Inglewood Public Library. She was reading up on emancipation. She wanted to leave her parents. And the only way we found her was my friend happened to see one of her classmates. And she had told one of the classmates where she was going. She had spent the night over at the classmate's house the night before. And he wasn't mad at her. He sat there and listened to his daughter and let her explain to him why she left. Mom doesn't like me. Mom thinks that I'm trying to take you away from her. What it came down to, Mom was jealous because Mom saw her as a threat because this child would know how to operate and take care of things. This kid went very well through school, graduated out of, I think she went to Cal State LA, graduated there, and went on with her life, and she checks on her father now. He's in a nursing home. She checks on him religiously. His wife left town, filed for divorce, got with another man that's going to take care of him. And sadly, that's what you deal with. That's what you deal with. It's pathetic. And men do this too to women. But the thing is, he wanted to share this information with his wife so that she would be prepared. See, the one big fear of a man with his woman is that he may not be there to protect her, to help her. And if he's not there, he wants to make sure she's taken care of. It's like the situation with Monica and I when we got out of the store that day and the guys came up talking crap. And it was only obvious we were going to get robbed. And I told him, just get into the car and drive off. Don't worry about me. And when she stopped, the car was pissed. Because now, that meant that I had to deal with her, protecting her, and protecting me. Where if she was out of the picture, if they'd have whooped my ass, okay, that'd have been fine. But it's just the psychological impact of something happened to your woman when she had the opportunity to get away. And you made that opportunity for her because you cared. And she loves you true enough and wants to come back and help you. But sometimes there's some things that, as a woman, she would have done better for me going and calling the police than she would have done trying to stand there and fight with me. At least I knew she was safe. And it's the same thing, ladies, when it comes down 
to looking out for your welfare, especially with the kids. I had a friend of mine that passed years ago. He passed real early in life. He was only 35. His wife was 26. They had three children. And before he passed away, he said, man, he said, I want you to do one favor for me. I said, what's that? He said, I want you and the rest of your friends, because we all hung out together. Take care of my wife and kids, man. He said, even though I trust the family, I don't trust the family. And we go over, drop by, make sure they had groceries. And she was handling it. She was handling it. And this is the reason why I never slammed a single mother. That's a good one. Because she was a good one. And this woman took out a second job. And she said, I don't believe in getting charity. I don't believe in the system, going on welfare, none of that. She says, I'm going to provide for these three kids. And she said, they're a priority in my life. There's no man that's going to come in my life. Because... I lost the man that I needed in my life. And she said, I can't see myself. But she still saw herself as being married to him even after he passed away. And she was going to keep her commitment. Now, that's admirable. But what she did also, she focused all her energy on her job and those kids. All three of those kids graduated out of college. All three of those kids never went to jail. All three of those kids wound up married. She waited until they were adult and grown before she started dating. Now, I'm not saying all women have to do this, but what I am saying is it was exemplary the way she handled herself. I really respected her. So did our other friends. We looked at her as really a model on, in some ways, how we should be disciplined. Those kids always had new clothes. Every Christmas. Had everything. She never had to go and ask us for nothing. We used to get pissed off because she would say, we'd say something like, well, you know, you need us to go to the grocery store? Oh, no, 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 I already got it. And we'd just go to the grocery store and just buy shit, and she'd just have to figure out a place to put it. But we did that because of the fact that, you know, we wanted to make sure. We wanted to honor our commitment. And then finally she told us, she said, hey, you know what, I don't need anything, I'm fine. And i never forget one thing she told me. It really made me proud to be his friend. And George, if you're looking down on this man, I'd be with you. Because she said, I was so happy in the choice of a man that I made. She said, I'm afraid I couldn't make a better choice again. And she wasn't one of these women that was religious. She didn't believe in God. She was an atheist. But here's the thing. She was able to sustain herself after he passed away. 
Didn't miss a beat. Woman paid off the house that they lived in, paid off all the automobiles. Stayed and did homework with the kids. Had an enjoyable life with them. I remember one time I went over and she was complaining because the kids, they weren't going out. And they were teenagers at this time, like 17, 18. They weren't hanging out with their friends. She got sick of them hanging around at the house with her because they had more fun with her than they did outside. And this lasted well into their 20s. She used to always tell them, I don't care where you are in the world. If you're homeless, you got a home. It's called my house. If you need a meal, I cook dinner every day. You got a place at the table. If you need a place to sleep, your beds are always available. See, this is the kind of commitment that society looks for in a woman who has children. They're not looking for that woman that I took out that night that I told you about that turned around to me and said, fuck them kids, her own children. George chose a great woman to be his wife and to have his children. Wasn't easy. I remember when they first started dating. Oh, she was dissing him at first. And George used to tell me, yeah, she's just playing around. I know I could probably get to her heart. It's going to take a minute. And I knew when he quit hanging out with us, because we were going out chasing women. Well, not chasing them, but going places where they were. He stopped. And then it got to a point where, shit, he wasn't even answering the phone. Because she had his attention. And that was a good thing. We laid off out of respect. And at the wedding, trying to slip that last piece of cheesecake they had on that damn reception table. I had to set up for that regular cake that they had. That shit was dry. But that's all right. Because I think the aunt got that last piece of cheesecake because she was looking at me with the side eye. We were going to tackle each other for that motherfucker. But anyway, that's what we dealt with. Good friend. Met some good people along the way in life. Now, with online dating, you get a chance to meet more people. You have a larger quantity of people. The thing you have to concern yourself is with the quality. See, we had better quality back in the day because you met people face-to-face, which meant that it compromised the quantity of people you met. So, it's the inverse now, and that's the difficulty of online dating for the most part. Getting past the bullshit and getting to the quality. We'll talk more in a moment.
All right, folks, let's see what we have in the mailbag today. My name is Chester, and I've listened to your show for a few months now. Really like it. However, I'm running into a problem. I live out in El Segundo, California. I met a young lady on Match.com. We've gone out twice now. However, what's interesting, she doesn't want to talk about her current living arrangements. And she doesn't want to talk about where she's working. But she will ask me these things constantly. It's not the first or second time she's done this. It's been about five or six times. I've tried to answer as best I could, but she tries to ask it in different ways. I'm not quite sure if she's looking for a place to stay, but I did ask her what kind of relationship she was looking for, and she said something that was long-term and permanent that would lead to marriage. Well, that's what's in my profile. However, what I'm noticing now is that seems as though she wants to ask me something, but she's afraid to. The other night, she began to say something on the phone, and she said that she'll talk to me later. What do you think is going on? Chester, El Segundo, California. Chester, she's living with someone else. She's living with another dude. I'm speculating, but this is more than likely what it is. She's living with another dude. And the other dude that she's living with probably doesn't have a clue she wants to leave. Now, what I would say to you on this is something very, very simple. Slow your roll, pull yourself back a bit. Let her come to you more. Until she can level with you and tell, tell you exactly what's going on, I wouldn't lift a finger. Because I think what's done, what's going on here is, I don't think she's working. I think this guy's taking care of her. And she probably doesn't like the situation she's in with him. And she's trying to figure out a way out. If she's constantly asking you about that kind of situation, your housing situation, your money situation, what I've found a lot of times, married women ask that question a lot of single men. You got where I'm going? She's looking for a soft place to land more than likely. I would trade very lightly and carefully with her. I wouldn't get serious with her. Not now, not at this stage. No way in hell. Yeah, we would go on some cheaper dates until I found out a little bit more specifics as far as what's going on. She's asking you questions. And this is one thing, folks. If a person that you meet online starts asking you questions, they won't answer them, they ignore them, they sidestep them, and then they go and ask you a question in return, they're deflecting because there's something they want to conceal. And this is what you're dealing with here. Please, 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 please understand it. All right, let's go on to Molly out of Fort Smith, Arkansas, and she writes the following. I've been corresponding with this guy that's in Milwaukee. He's telling me he wants to come down to visit me. He says he has to wait until his company deems it fit for him to take off to come down. 
I'm kind of curious. I don't know exactly what that means. Do you think he's just BSing me, or do you think he's really got something going on with his job where he can't come down? Why do I ask this? For this simple reason. He called me, and he was in Lansing, Michigan. He called me again a few days ago. He was in Gary, Indiana. I don't know what he does for a living. When I ask him about it, he doesn't say a thing. He changes the conversation. Any idea what this guy's up to? I don't have time to waste. Molly, Fort Smith, Arkansas. Molly, I think he's a long-haul truck driver myself. I think he probably has a job that um, may not get him as far south in your area. And so he's probably looking for a way to get down there through a hall or something like that where he have some time to spend with you. Doesn't have to be the situation. He's not telling you what he does for a living. And I, one thing I noticed, though, because a couple of truckers have written in this show in the past talking about how the, it was hard for them to find dates because women don't take them seriously. Because two professions where people run into problems dating truckers, believe it or not, and these uh, uh, nurses that, traveling nurses, because unfortunately there's a reputation associated with them, you know, we'll travel and have sex at will, and it's really hard for these two groups of people to find substantiated relationships because of that. Now, the one thing that I would tell you is that I wouldn't be surprised if he told you he was a long-haul truck driver. Probably OTR driver, more than likely. So, expect that. And please get back with me and let me know. I'm kind of curious, but I'm almost sure that he's a long-haul truck driver and doesn't want to tell you. Because usually the stigma with the OTR driver is that he's got a family here and a family there. He's got a woman in every town. Now, in some cases, that's true. I remember when I was contracted with the railroad. There were guys that wanted trains that had women in certain cities where they would stop and had a wife back where they came from. So, it varies. You get lonely, you're out there for a while, then before you know it, you start up something you're into something you shouldn't be in. But it happens. Now, your biggest concern, just to underscore it a bit, would be you got to find out his true status, his true marital status. You don't want to be the side piece that he comes down to Arkansas to see, but yet he's got his family and everything up in Milwaukee. That's one of the things that really um, challenge people when it comes to online dating. The problem is, with that, you have to deal with not knowing whether or not the true status of that person, because just because what they put online, you know it may be something totally different in real life. Just like the people that say it's complicated on Facebook, when they're actually married, when they're actually cohabitating. 
Funny how people don't want to know your business, don't want you to know their business when they're trying to talk to you and date you. But then they'll let your business out. Let their business out when they are happy of their situation. There's a lady that I know that is on Facebook. I've been knowing her for years. She and her husband, they go back and forth. And um, they both are a good couple. But when she gets mad at him, she'll change her status to it's complicated. And he'll change his to it's complicated. And one time he messed around and put that he was single on his Facebook profile when they had had a disagreement. And she messaged me and she said, can you believe the nerve of him? She said, when he gets off of work, I'm going to whoop his ass. <laughs> well, I don't know what transpired, but I do know one thing. After that situation, I had a little notification that said he had changed his status back to married again. And so did she. Well, you have some people that play out the drama on social media. I don't recommend it, folks. By no stretch. And you got to be careful with that. Like I always tell you, if somebody's venting about their partner online, stay silent. Don't comment. Don't like. The reason why you don't want to do that is because guess what's going to happen? You're going to be the trigger for them to take out that frustration on. not a wise thing there was a lady one time that I saw that did that with her girlfriend the girl was talking about and the lady was talking about how her boyfriend was a dog he was sleeping with this other woman etc etc and she was trying to go in this other lady was trying to go in the amen column that was in her friend mutual friend she's a mutual friend of mine and as soon as she did that I mean her head got chopped off you don't know my situation, blah, blah, blah. And she just went down and read her the riot act. Now, these two women knew each other ever since elementary school. But she was just waiting for someone to respond so she could be triggered. Because, see, what you have to remember, social media and even dating apps, for that matter, are used, in some cases, as a way of punishing people. So a person's mad at themselves, they take it out on somebody else. And you got to remember, this is the alter ego of many people online. They're this way online, but they're not that way in person. That's the reason why I say the beauty is being yourself. The way I speak on this radio, on this podcast, is the way I spoke in radio years ago. I spoke in television. It's the way I'll speak to you in public and in person. Doesn't change. There's no persona. And the reason why is because of this. I couldn't fake it. Some of these people are very good at it. Something I couldn't do. There's a radio personality that I've known for years. Over the radio, you think this person had their shit to together 100% in person it's a whole different individual 
have to go and rehearse, practice their lines, practice what they're going to say. This show, everything's off the top of my head. I just go by what I've read, what I've viewed, what someone shared, and that's it. There's no script, there's nothing. Just the way it is. Because when you're self, you're at ease with it, comfortable with who you are. And there are a lot of you out there who are comfortable with who you are. And like I've always told you, we don't have any followers here. We only have leaders. Each of you listening to this podcast is a leader in your own right, in your own lives, like it should be. It's not about me being some damn leader. I don't want to be. I have enough trouble living my own life. But things that I can share with you, and you share with me, that's how we help each other. It's reciprocal. I've listened to many of these podcasts where these people up there acting like that, you know, they have conquered the world and they're talking down to you as if you were this lowly creature and don't know any better. I realize that some of the things that I talk about, you guys have already thought about it. I'm just saying it out loud. Some of you have written in thinking that you were the only person that was dealing with a problem. Oh, there are plenty. Some of the things that you guys have written in, I couldn't even wrap my head around. I had to sit there, read it four, five, six times. How the hell did this happen? How could this take place? Why did it take place? But that's an individual's life. Like the man that went hunting and took a damn video clip of him shooting a rabbit and sending it to a lady that he was thinking about getting with online. And the woman was an animal rights activist because he didn't read the profile. He was so busy swiping right. He thought that that was going to impress her. I felt sorry for poor little Peter Cottontail hopping down the bunny trail. It was a damn shame. I've always said, if rabbits just had about a couple of more inches of space between their, between their ankles, they'd be able to run. I know hopping is fucked up. I look at the kangaroos. Ain't no way in the fuck I'd have been a kangaroo. Mm-mm. And as I've told you before, folks, anything that's in Australia with the name Walla or B at the end or Roo is going to fuck you up. Just keep that in mind. Now back to the subject. The main thing you got to remember about online dating is that don't think it's going to be a magic bullet. You have a lot of choices, a lot of filters, a lot of ways to meet people. But I recommend highly before you start getting into this long-ass, drawn-out texting exchange with that person, 
You may want to talk to them first. You can use it on a dating app. That little telephone on a dating app, and just give them a call. Talk to them. Make sure you're talking to a real person. Because they may express themselves differently verbally than they do electronically with the uh, texting. And then you find out, oh, damn, okay, this person's using Grammarly on the texting, but when they speak, it's like, well, God, mm. Gives you a feel for the person, gives you a chance to interact, and it really helps. Now, a lot of people don't like doing this because you've got insecurities that people deal with. Well, I don't like my voice. I don't like this. I don't like that. And then what you're going to run across are a lot of introverted, self-conscious people. You want to wear yourself out? Try dealing with one of those for a relationship, and especially for a date, a first date. If they lack the confidence in the way they speak, you can imagine how they lack the confidence in who they are. Now, who's going to take their time and go through all that damn struggle to get... But here's the thing. Many of them just like the fact that their ego is being stroked, that their self-esteem is being raised because they're interacting with a bunch of people that under normal circumstances, when they would meet these people, that wouldn't happen. So they're basking in the moment. More in a moment. Liza out of Beverly Hills, California writes the following. I'm a 48-year-old widow and I can tell you right now, sir, you don't know everything about dating. You're just one of those people that are out there to make a quick buck. I know your type. You're the kind of person that's going to sell a book, sell a seminar, send someone out on a retreat. I've listened to a couple of your podcasts and it just seems to me like you're a salesman. I think you're a phony. Why don't you just give it up and do something else? Liza. Beverly Hills, California. Well, I know one thing, you're not Liza Minnelli because you're too young to be her. But you damn sure um, have the mindset of someone in that era. Here is a problem for you, my dear. You've only listened to podcasts. I never once asked anyone on this podcast since 2019 for one damn dollar. I financed everything myself for this. I put everything together. And with the help, a little help from my friends, Gina over in Liechtenstein and Natalie over in London and myself here in the U.S. and Vegas. So, I will credit this remark to your ignorance. Maybe you should listen to the show a little bit more. I sent you the link already for you to come on the show as a guest. And you're saying that you're considering it. Well, consider it as you will. But here's the thing. I talk about things that most people don't talk about on dating and relationships, especially online dating as well. Because, see, the problem with someone like yourself, you've been out of the dating scene for a pretty good while, being married and all. I understand that. That's commendable. But, see... Coming in as a rookie, 
Because that's what you are when you come out of that environment back into the environment again. It's just like you need remedial training. Because things have changed since you were in. Probably when you were in, in your marriage, online dating wasn't even a thing. You were used to doing it the traditional way, just like I was. And I'm older than you by what? 12 years? So, things have changed immensely. Because you got to realize, at 48, let me tell you what happens to many of the women in their mid to late 40s that write into this show, what they're discussing, problems they're having with online dating. They're fearful of being taken again, of wasting their time in marriages that they had been in for God knows how many years for the sake of the kids, sake of the assets. There are other women who never got a chance to really live their lives and get things together where they can plant their feet on the ground where they could be totally independent. There's some that had to go back to live with their parents after divorce or after, unfortunately, their husband passed away and they felt like a failure. And their self-esteem was so low They wanted to get back on their feet, but they didn't know how. They were afraid of the dating scene online because they thought everybody was a scammer. They thought everybody was going to break their heart. And they're trying the the traditional method. And what they're finding is they're finding a lot of people that are antiquated in their thinking and in their philosophies. And so they're missing out on that. There are others that are coping with it, are going out there sleeping with younger men to try to catch up for their 20s and those years that they lost. So it's a whole panacea of different people within that age range that are trying to do different things in order to adjust. You got a lot of women that were self-conscious, that were in bad relationships, where the man told her she wasn't shit and never amount to anything. And nobody would want her because she was fat, because she had an abdomen, because she had stretch marks, because she had cankles, because she had sagging boots. Some of these women need therapy because they stayed in a relationship too long with the man and wouldn't let go when they needed to to save themselves and their kids. So you're dealing with a whole group of different dynamics in this demographic. So for you to sit here and think that for some reason that you are Lord and Savior of every kind of opinion related to a woman in her 40s about this show? You know, bumped your damn head and stumbled down the stairs in the dark looking for the light switch. You have the invitation to be on the show, ma'am. We'd love to have you on as a guest. Treat you with respect, dignity, and honor as I always do. But on this show, I will not take any personal disrespect, just like I would not give it. Now, if you want to talk about the topics, we could do an interview. I could ask you questions. You can ask me questions. And we could be fair about it. But if it's going to be a situation where you just come on here just to rant about men in general and all that crap, take that somewhere else. And guess what? I do the same thing with men that are just going to tear women down as well. 
I'm an equal opportunity asshole. Just want you to know that. All right. What else do we have? That security team outside doing what they do best, chasing. I don't know what the hell they're chasing because it's kind of cool here in Vegas. I don't know. Hey, by the way, while I'm on the subject, you folks in Buffalo, uh, I hope you're doing well out there. And I want to give a shout out to my close and loving friend, Linda, in Toronto, Canada. Now, let's get back here. I was, uh, just as an aside, folks, I did some calculations. I was adding up, uh, and I told you I've been following that uh, case up in Wisconsin, Waukegan, Wisconsin, with the, uh, I think that's the name of it, uh, with the gentleman, Daryl Brooks, and the sentencing. And I did some mathematical equations last night just out of curiosity see how much time he would have gotten if it went consecutively I think it did go consecutively well the way I factored it out is that he got six life sentences for the six people rest their souls that were killed which I averaged out at 100 years per person so it's about 600 years roughly and that's really given a lot of grace as far as because most people don't live 100 years so let's say 600 years there and then the judge gave him charges for uh, first degree, what was it? First degree uh, reckless endangerment. Well, he, she gave him 61 counts of that, with each count being 17.5 years, which came out to somewhere in the neighborhood of 1,067.5 years, I believe. You add those two together, that's 1,667 years. So what I did, I went backwards in time, subtracting 2022 from the 1,667. It gave me something like 300, I believe, and 354, I believe it was, 354, meaning that that was 354 A.D. after the death of Christ. That this man would have had to commit a crime then under the Roman Empire with Constantine as the emperor in order to be free today in 2022. Going forward, it would mean that this man would not get out of prison until the year 3,900 and something, no, 3,697, I think, something like that. But I had it all figured out, and I posted it on Facebook, on my personal Facebook page, because I did the calculations, and I was like, damn. What? He was arrogant. He got what he deserved. I hate to say it. I hate to say it in the context of those people were injured and lost their lives and didn't get any sort of remorse from the individual. But let's go on. People. Another thing we have to realize with 
this whole online dating thing is that as well is the fact that people have several fires several irons burning in the fire at the same time now ladies will have this more so than men because their inboxes are more than likely going to be full guys will have to go and work on filling their inboxes yeah there'll be women that say they like them and think they're handsome and cute but the level of being discriminated against by a woman is higher than that of a man discriminating against a woman. In other words, the guy's going to put up with a lot more than the woman will put up with him. So even though she has all these guys in her inbox, nine times out of, snake, out of ten, they may like her or whatever, and they may get a match uh, notice. And the match notice means that in some cases, the system itself matched you together. Not necessarily that the person liked you. You just got matched. And then when you go and open it up, it's up to you to decide whether or not you like that person. And vice versa. In other cases, they have a set where you both can match by liking each other. So you have the different games. And as I told you, when it comes down to something like OkCupid, it's a little bit different. You could go and fill out 2,000, answer 2,000 of those questions, and you'd be matched with somebody that only answered five. That's really not a measure when it comes to compatibility. It's more coincidence than anything else. So you got to be careful in that regard. Now, the other factor that you have to keep in mind with this online dating thing is that men will be more tolerant of a woman who likes them. Even though she may not measure up as far as maybe her weight, maybe her appearance. We're very giving on that. And we're conditioned that way by society. Because we can't openly tell a woman that she's too fat for us. But she could tell us that we're too fat for her. Or that we're too ugly or that we have a receding hairline. She could say all those things and not be ridiculed. We can't. we got to watch our tongue. So there is a double standard in that regard. So when we talk about equality, we should include that also social discourse when it comes down to equality. Now, some of the things that people will try to avoid when it comes to online dating. Let's talk about some of the people that you may meet and you may try want you may want to try to avoid. First of all, understand that the majority of people on online dating are emotionally unavailable. They're preoccupied doing their routine, whatever it is, before they met you. Many people don't adjust those routines, they modify them. What I mean by modify is this. That person may work, we'll say, from 6 in the morning till 6 uh, p.m. And they go to bed at 8. Well, the relationship as they see it should take place between 6 p.m. and 8 p.m. Maybe even 6.30 to 8 p.m. That's the window that you may have in order to communicate with that person. Now... Understand that in many of these relationships, you're going to be working within windows. 
and I don't mean the operating system. I mean within the time frame. So take, for instance, on Saturdays, they got a lot of things to do. And so they might want to have something to do with you from 9 a.m. to 12. But after that, they're busy. Or it may be from like 12 until 5 o'clock. In other words, you allocated these blocks of time, and that, that's only your time, and that's it. So take, for instance, if you wanted to have like a maybe a getaway or something like that, you may have to go through some really serious scheduling in order to get that done. Because, see, the way they look at it is I got these slots open in time for my convenience. Let me find someone that I could fit into those slots of time. Well, people's emotions don't work that way, do they? So after a while, you start to realize that, hey, wait a minute. I'm not really in a relationship with this person. I'm in a schedule with this person. It's like I'm making an appointment for the doctor's office. And what happens, it doesn't enhance the relationship. It alienates the partner more. The partner feels more like a person that's a client than a person that's a lover. And so with this, we sometimes forget that, hey, you know what we need to do? Uh, We need to slow it up and put away the appointment grid and have some free time to ourselves. A lot of people neglect themselves, and by neglecting themselves, they neglect the people in the relationship with them under that same premise. Because you got to judge a person by the way they treat themselves. That's the biggest indicator on how you'll be treated. If they say, oh, well, you know, I just torture myself with work all the time. What's that going to mean for you? That means that you're going to be tortured too. Unless they do what? They got to make some changes. They got to make some compromises. A lot of people don't like doing that when it comes to relationships. They like the way things are because they have gotten so used to that groove that they were reminded that they, oh, I'm lonely right now because I got about maybe three hours by myself. And they take that three hours of perusing on the internet in order to find a partner. The same time that's allocated for them to go find you in a browse, during a browsing session, they view that as your time allocated as they see it for the relationship. And you have these vignettes of a relationship. And God help you if you're one of these people that are so weak that has to go and try to force them to make time for you. You've already lost the battle then. So keep in mind, if the routine and schedule outweighs really the time and the attention they can give you, it's not worth your time or attention either. Let them figure it out. Because, see, a lot of times they just want you for convenience. And that's it. The next thing to keep in mind, the term activity partner. I want you to think about this for a moment. Take, for instance, you're a tool inside of a shed. Your garden tool, your shovel. 
And the activity for that day is for that person to dig up a flower bed. And you, the shovel, being used with that person digging up that flower bed, what's going to happen to you after that person's finished with that flower bed? They're going to take a hose, wash off that tool, and put you back in the tool shed. Guess what they're going to do? They're going to go in the house and eat a meal and have a glass of wine and enjoy the rest of the evening. This is what you have to watch when it comes down to activity partners, especially you folks in your 30s dealing with older people, especially you seniors. I'm telling you, sometimes you don't realize you're doing that, but you are. And what that does, it leaves you open for that person that you have got this activity with as a friend to start seeking out someone else that can spend more time with them. Quality time. Not utilitarian time or your time. Now, the others that will have activities such as sexual activities or something like that, but here's what you have to remember. If you get involved with someone based on an activity, don't get involved with them emotionally. Treat them with respect. But don't let your heart languish and go there. Because you're asking more out of the situation than it can yield. Just to help you. Save you a little emotional capital. We're going to talk more in a moment. All right. Let's carry on. The other type of person you want to avoid online is going to be the marketeer. This is the person that's going to try to sell you things, get you to sign up for products. They have got your attention temporarily under the pretenses of uh, a relationship. But once they have your attention, they're going to try to hit you with a sales pitch. That's the big thing for them. Nothing less. And that's all they're going to do with you. Nothing else. It's going to be sales pitch and that's it. You're going to figure them out very quickly. What they're going to try to do is to see if they can get you interested in whatever they're trying to push before you call them on it. Because they already know they have a limited lifespan when it comes to dating. So they probably won't even get to a first date with you. But what they're going to try to do is to lead up to that first date and the first date may be nothing but a sales presentation. Please be mindful of that because a lot of people do that, especially with this crypto shit. All right. Um, another type that you'll run into, men and women, but mainly men run into it in Vegas a lot. And, you know, some women call it the hobosexual. But hobosexuals could be male or female. And for you who don't know, a hobosexual is a person who's couch surfing. They don't really have a place. We call them duffel bag girls downtown and on the strip in Vegas. They walk from those hotels that are off the strip carrying that big ass duffel bag, looking for the next guy that they can get with. They go, they get online, get in the hotel room, take all these sexy pictures. And of course, contact them oh boy they're contacting you right back they want a date because they haven't eaten in a while in many cases 
and then they want to find out about your living arrangements because then they want to wash clothes at your place oh, they don't mind having sex with you whatever it takes I never meant to do that too and usually that's how these people live until they can find someone else they can cling on to run across those folks the other type that you'll run into that you don't want to really deal with anyone with some of these conditions or issues that you're not familiar with bipolar disorder ADHD multiple personality disorder you name the list you're going to have to be a special breed of cat in order to deal with these individuals you just can't be a lay person that is going in trying to have them change themselves. Because the more naive you are, the tougher it's going to be. You're going to have to go in with help, meaning that this person has to be knowledgeable of what they have and then telling you what they've done on their end to try to help themselves through it. And on the other end of that, you're going to have to make a compromise and understand that if you're going to deal with this person, this is what you got to go through. That's your burden. And not everybody's cut out for that. Not everybody knows how to deal with that. Because some of you have written in about, God, I could never deal with some of the things that you've dealt with. The bipolar girl neck. Well, it was tough for me to deal with. But you learn how to contend with it. After I knew what the hell I was dealing with, it was much easier to try to manage. But I couldn't stay in that situation. Because it was something I was never exposed to until then. And you'll run into these things. There are some of you people who write in acting like you're appalled about something. You've gone through worse shit than some of these people that have written in. Don't get me started. Because some of you... Anyway, ADHD, all the rest of those uh, conditions, educate yourselves on them before you start getting involved with the person. Because sometimes we might like the person so much, yeah, well, you know, I can do that. And then you wind up frustrated and saying, well, what the hell was I thinking? Because you're doing yourself a disservice going in there if you're not prepared. And you're doing that person's a disservice because they will feel as though, oh, this person's going to take me back to where my family took me when I had this condition and I explained to them and they were telling me I need, just need to do this, just need to do that, and hear that shit. Any kind of challenge that you will have to contend with, whether it's a mental health challenge with another person, whether it's a disability with another person, got to see whether or not you're prepared to deal with it. These are not bad people. None of the people I mentioned are bad people. It's some of the things you will have to contend with because you're going to be dealing with behavior, psychological condition, physical conditions. These are all things you have to contend with. And just because this person looks like a shiny new person that you're meeting, don't think that everything is okay because you don't know. And the worst thing you could do in a relationship is go in and be grossly over-optimistic 
without at least 10% of skepticism there. That skepticism is acknowledging the things you don't know that you would like to assume to be in a certain way. Because I'm telling you, that shit right there can, ooh, that can set you back. That person can do no wrong even when they're doing wrong. Now, the other. Here's the one thing that most women especially are afraid of. Men already know how to deal with this shit. And the reason why I say you ladies may be challenged by it is because the guys come across so smooth. And the problem is, is that a lot of the people you're being initially scammed by are men. And see, here's the problem when a man tries to scam another man playing like he's a woman. He can't do it because a woman is a woman and she knows what to say and do. Men can't, they don't, they don't even come close. Now, here's the thing. With a woman. Ladies, the guy's going to definitely flatter you. He's going to try to charm your ass off. He's probably going to try to get you off platform. Maybe want you to go and exchange emails with him, for instance. The reason why he wants to get you off platform, as I've said before, he doesn't want you to mess up the profile that he already has set up because there are other women that he's still scamming out of money that still come to that same profile. So he carries on different conversations with different women. Now, here's the thing. He's going to compliment you and want to know about your family. He's going to want to know about how many kids you have. He's going to want to know the dog's name and all that stuff. What he's trying to do is to wedge himself in and somebody's going to really change your life in a positive way and do something for you. It's best for you to keep the conversation about you and him. Don't let him bleed over into your family. Don't let him bleed over into your kids, your dogs, your cat. Everything about you and him, what you've put on that profile. The reason being is that what they're doing is they're probing to see how stable, financially stable you are. Once they realize that they have a stable sucker, that's when they go in for the jugular. In other words, they're qualifying you. Now, here's the thing. They will start the conversation off and usually have that fucked up, how you doing, happy Friday or some shit like that, which nobody says but them. We make fun of folks that talk like that. Now, here's the thing. You come in and you say something like that. They say something like that to you, and you go in and you acknowledge them. And then you start talking, and then he asks something like, are you single? Questions that were obviously on your profile, they will start asking you. And the reason why they've done this is because they haven't looked at your profile. they got to keep that message window open because they're also chatting with other people. That's the delay that they have when they're getting back with you. So you ask them a question, oh, well, where are you in, in, in town? I see you're in our town. You don't hear anything for a while. That's because more than likely he's texting someone else who 
because they've asked him another question and he's trying to answer. Now he's probably trying to look on Google Maps or Google Earth and find out where the hell your community is and to see if he could just get a city that's even in the United States in some cases. Now, one inconsistency that they always come up with, they'll be in an out-of-the-way city. And the reason why they're that way is because of the fact that they'll get a Google Voice number. (laughs) And many of them don't know about the regions of the United States. So take, for instance, as an example, you're in Los Angeles. He may say that he's in Montana. And this town may have a population of maybe 5,000 people. But he has his phone number there. You look on the profile, you see that he lives in this town. You see the picture there, et cetera, et cetera. Now, the second key is he's going to ask you for a photo. Don't send him one. Because more than likely, the device he's on is at an internet cafe. And guess what he can't do there? When luckily probably can't screenshot. Don't send him a photo. Just tell him, hey, you can look at my profile and see it. He doesn't want to turn away from the page. So, that you don't have to worry about. Next thing, he's, he's going to try to ask you for a WhatsApp number. Now, he's not going to talk to you on WhatsApp. Or he may give you a Google Voice number. first thing you should do is this. If he sends you a Google Voice number or a WhatsApp number, you can just go and end the conversation right there. Because more than likely he's out of the country. Very few people use WhatsApp in-state within the United States. They don't need to. So here's the thing. Because it's nothing but a data connection. He could use the app that's on the he could use the phone that's on the app instead of having to go to Google Voice or whatever because it's a voice over IP number that you're using with Google Voice, which is a data connection, just like you would use when you click on the video conferencing or the phone chat. And you say, no, you know, I like being on this app. I'm going to stay here. Now, what's going to happen is usually they'll get frustrated because they don't want to ask you for money on the app because they know that you report them, that account is suspended, it's done. And they have other people that they're still chatting with. So they'll probably end it with you at that point. Now, here's the thing. Take, for instance, you say something to the effect of, hey, before we chat anymore, I need to speak to you. They're going to be an excuse. Let me tell you what the excuses are. It will usually be in a foreign country somewhere that he says that, yes, he lives in Montana, but right now he's in Canada working on an oil rig or something of that sort. It's going to be a convenient inconvenience for him not to be able to talk to you. He's not going to video chat with you for that same reason. Because he's not who he says he is. And if you call that number, nine times out of ten, nobody's going to pick up. You're going to get the old thing, oh, this is Google Voice, you leave your message for so-and-so. Don't do it. Because then what he wants to do is start chatting with you at that point. That's the reason why you don't want to deal with that. So you want to just keep them on the platform you're on. So if you're on OkCupid, 
and you want to have a call with him or video chat, do it only within that environment. Don't allow him to get you off platform. No email address exchanges. Don't give him your Facebook link because he'll probably going to harvest the pictures off of that and try to use it to set up another profile. That picture that you send him, the only thing that happens with that photo are two things. They will either try to go and make it, make another profile with that picture on another platform or even the same one using your information or they're going to leave that there for whoever comes in after them to continue the conversation and try to milk you out of money. They know what you look like. And they'll say something like, oh, you have beautiful green eyes, you have this and that. They're not looking at your profile. They don't want to change that up. Because that means that if they go away from that page, they'd have to go back in, log back in probably, and they don't want to do that. Now, the way you can protect yourselves. If you're using a paid site, filter is key. You want to filter out anyone that has a free account. So, you only want to deal with gold members, people who are members, VIP or whatever they call them. Because that lessens your chances of running into a scammer. The next thing, if you're on a free site, we'll say Facebook dating, Limit it to 25 miles as far as the distance. 10 miles, 5 miles. And I know you're not going to have that many people in Vegas. You probably will. But in other areas, rural areas, you probably won't. So you may have to expand it a little bit. But you want people that know identifiable landmarks. It's going to be very important. You could make mention of something like you're tired of certain commercials or whatever. Just to see. Because they may have a blank reaction because they don't have a clue. And you know they're not living in your community. Now, another thing that these folks will do with these profiles. They're going to put up the most handsome, the most finest woman ever. And more than likely they've taken it from someone else. Hell, there was one lady, supposedly lady, it was a dude really, I think, that liked my photo on Hinge. The only problem was when I went to this person's profile, they had these old-ass pictures of Lauren Bacall. But this person would try to play themselves off as someone that lived here in Vegas. And I'm looking and I see some of the photos are from some of the scenes in some of the movies she had played in. Well, it's only obvious. And I reported the person. Their account got suspended. You'll run across this a lot. They just want to get money. They are saying, fuck your feelings, give me your wallet. That's what it comes down to with them. So don't put yourself in the predicament of being that person that's going to fall victim and ruin your opportunity to be happy. You deserve to be happy just like anyone else and not to be scammed, not to be used. 
Now, I want you to have a great online dating experience. And for those of you 35 and up that are kind of skeptical about it, it's not as intimidating and dangerous as you may think. These are some of the things I'm pointing out for you to be aware of so that you'll be knowledgeable. The key is to not get so caught up into the saga of these threads of texting because you'll waste a lot of time texting a person over months, years. And like in that case, I told you about the guy in Seattle that flew out to Maine to meet the woman and the woman was happily married with a family and she just was doing that for recreational purposes. They've been doing that over four years. He gets there. He's at the hotel. He wants her to meet him. She's radio silence until he gets back home. And that's when she told him the truth about her being married with her family. She'd never leave her husband. He had wasted all of that time texting. Yeah, they talked a few times from what he told me. I don't believe him, but that's what he said. Because at some point, the only reason why I didn't believe him is because of the fact that if she's got a family, it's going to be very difficult unless she's at work or somewhere private, somebody's going away for her to talk to him. I could be wrong, but usually people are not going to risk a good thing for something that's a maybe. And this is the thing that I want you to think about. If this person, you feel as though they're legit, you want to talk to them as soon as possible. You'll be able to get more done in a direct phone call than you will through chatting. And you don't have to use your number. When you use the app on the phone, on that dating app in the messaging area where they have that little camera icon and they have a phone icon, just say, I'm going to call you. If they have any excuses at that point, I'm at work and it's 12 o'clock at night, well, what the hell do you do, night shift? And then, of course, they try to sync it up to go along with your day. Some of them do. And they still get it wrong. But just tell them, hey, we're not chatting anymore until I talk to you. They're going to tell you, oh, my phone's not working. I can't get chat. I can't get, I can't get audio. I can't get video. Well, hell, they can't get you then. Don't let them bullshit you with excuses. And your phone number is not exposed because it's a data connection, just like you were connecting to the Internet. It's not like you're using your phone number to call someone. It's much safer. All right, folks, I'm going to get out of here because I got to go eat. I have a 12-ounce tri-tip from a place over at Red Rock. But I forgot the name of it. The steakhouse there. And I'm getting ready to indulge. Have fun. Take care. Love you all. And remember, you can also listen to the music, J-A-U-S-A-N, Spotify, Amazon, Apple, 
and diesel. And I do have an EP coming out on December 20th that is called uh, Soul Lady, S-E-O-U-L-L-A-D-Y. Take care. In conclusion, there are a couple of things that we have to factor in when it comes down to online dating. You have to decipher who's legit and who's not, who's serious and who's not. You have to stick by the values that you started with. I know you may like people, but you have to also look at what do I have to give up in order to be with this first? Or what do I have to actually may take on to be with this person. The other factor you need to look at as well, longevity, in the sense of what are you looking for? Standards have to be maintained. Expectations have to be set. Also, I've given you some of the depictions of people you would need to look out for and avoid and not waste your time. Another one that men encounter a lot are teasers. These are people that have no intention of really having a relationship, but they like the attention. You will spend and waste a lot of money in this endeavor. As I told you before, keep your dates, first date especially, short, sweet, and well-lit. Ice cream parlor, pizza parlor, donut shop, coffee shop, bookstore. Also, when it comes down to online dating, understand one thing. Don't take someone too serious until you meet them. Even though they be miles away and you're talking to them and you feel as though you know them, you're familiar with them, you don't know them, and you're just familiar with the things that they've shared with you. Until you get a real chance to know them where you can actually confide in them. But here's the thing. You may want to hold off on confiding in them until you meet them. We can make a better assessment. A dating app is just for the introduction. It's not for the relationship. Never should you ever spend money on anyone that you don't know and haven't met. That includes not getting these Google Play cards, not getting these iTunes cards, none of that. Don't cash out anyone any money or sell them any money. You don't know them like that. Be mindful of the hard luck story. You're on a dating site to date. Not to be the United Nations or the International Monetary Fund to help finance somebody through a problem. It's not your job. You're going to have to have some definitive lines and you're going to have to be very disciplined. Now, some of the things I've pointed out in this particular podcast, some of you are saying, well, you know, I don't know if online dating is the right thing for me. You should incorporate it as part of your dating portfolio. You don't have to make it the only thing. Please don't. You still want to meet people face-to-face. Most people actually meet their partner through 
human interaction where they know someone who knows someone who introduces them. So don't rule that out. As I told you before, only about 12% of people actually meet someone online that they go on a date with. The numbers are very low, despite what they try to tell you with a lot of these advertisements for dating sites. You can look at the numbers and say, the other thing to keep in mind is that you want to figure out what their agenda is early on to see if you fit into it. If you don't, you haven't lost anything. Don't take rejection personally. If a person doesn't want to talk to you or they ghost you, don't take it personally. You never met the person, so therefore, what are you really feeling bad about? Now, one common question I get, what if I meet someone online that I already know? Say through work, church, through a friend, or whatever. It depends on the kind of relationship you have with that person already. If it's a situation where you tried to make a pass at them before and they rejected you, that's not a good look. It just gives them more cause and more reason to block you. Initially, you want to use the features on the dating app. The phone call, the video chat. Stay on the platform. Don't get off the platform for any reason. Not until you're comfortable and ready to do so. They can communicate with you through that portal. Because you've got to remember, you're still trying to get to know these people. You haven't really known them yet. You haven't really met them yet. And people do have alter egos on on the internet. They may present themselves one way online and be shy when you meet them, or vice versa. You want it with as least amount of drama as possible. This is the reason why I tell you drive your own vehicle to the date. So therefore, you're not bound to that person. If things don't go right, you guys can go your separate ways. No harm, no foul. If the person has a crazy ex or whatever and they walk in, you still have the opportunity to leave without having to sit there and listen to that drama. Other things also. Ladies, you can control the conversation. Give him the warning shot. If he starts talking about something too much that is not appropriate, hey, Let him know, hey, we're not discussing that. We're trying to still figure out how we are as to whether or not we can get along. Keep it simple. You don't need to make it complicated. But you want to definitely use your listening skills. Observe. There may be certain things that you may notice about that person that you didn't notice in a photo, that you didn't notice in a video chat, that may not be something that you can contend with. And please understand, whomever you meet, whether you meet them online or whether you meet them in person, usually people will have an X factor. An unknown thing 
that they're not ready to talk to you about yet or not ready to tell you. And eventually, it will come to fruition if they so desire. Just keep that in mind. Another thing. When you meet someone for the first time, you know how you have that incline of expectations? And then when you meet them, you plateau? You're hoping that they keep the same momentum of what they told you to level off at that level of standards that they've established. If not, expect a decline. So they might have built you up and told you all these wonderful things about themselves. And then when you meet them, you find out they're a little bit more modest and they're trying to tell you the truth and they're trying to lower expectations. It's just like a bell curve. And you're just concerned with how far am I going to fall? How many of these things that this person told me that are questionable, that aren't true? Or needs a little bit more clarification. You don't want to call a person a liar if you catch them in a lie. Only thing you do is just make a mental note that, hey, okay, this person's lied, so if they're deceiving me now and I don't know them, what good can happen if I get to know them but for them to deceive me more? And yes, use your judgment. Follow your gut sometimes. If it doesn't feel right, something doesn't feel like it's adding up, don't do it. And one thing I will tell you, if there's a date that you are reluctant to go on or don't want to go on, don't go on that date. Because there's a reason as to why you don't want to go on it. You may not be able to pinpoint it, but there may be a reason. Stick firm to whatever you decide on as far as what you're doing on a dating app. As far as if it's long-term, just make sure that's the only thing checked. Because the more boxes you check, the more desperate a person perceives you to be. For you divorcees and widows, take your time. It's okay to slow walk the relationship. Because many of you don't want to make another mistake again as far as divorcing. As far as you getting involved with someone and wasting a lot of time with them. Another thing too, make sure you're emotionally available. Don't allow yourself to get preoccupied with your routine where you're just trying to schedule someone in for a two-hour slot or a one-hour slot. That means you're not ready. That means that you're actually thinking about your time and yourself only. And you're going to have to condition yourself to the form of sharing. Ladies, if you're not too sure about this guy for a date in the sense that you want to go on a date with him 
here's the thing. You don't want to be committed. You just want to figure out whether or not this is the right guy. Just tell him, hey, why don't we go Dutch? And that way, you're not put under any pressure or obligation. Now, the whole thing is to just have fun, be yourself, and enjoy yourself. Don't embellish, just be who you are. Don't make up excuses. Yeah, you know, I need to lose a few pounds. Don't, don't do that. Just go into it. See, the more excuses you make when you meet a person, a lot of times the less they think of you because you're thinking less of yourself. I'm not saying you have to go in there with a narcissistic attitude and act like you own the world. But it's about you going in and comprehensively making a decision on whether or not this person is right for you. Don't forget the four categories of questions that you can ask. Who are you? Your purpose, strengths and weaknesses. What are your intentions? Basically, you're asking them about themselves, about what they like doing, what they have a passion for, and what are the things they're afraid of, what are the things that they're good at. And then lastly, what are their future plans? These are very important. These will help you going forward. You want to also put yourself in a situation where you can be objective and yet you could be a little compassionate around certain things and understanding. If you're on a bad date starting out, end it quickly. Your time is important just like theirs. <coughs> Excuse me. End it quickly. Don't fit yourself through the agony. And don't start emoting over past relationships with this person. That's a good way but that person said, oh, this person's preoccupied with the past. Just have fun. Be yourself. Be your best self. Let your personality show. Because that's what's going to actually win the person over more so than how you look, believe it or not. And fellas, don't become too much of an entertainer. Because then she will take you for granted. I hope in some way this helps someone out that hears this. Because had I known these things when I was out there, it would have saved me a lot of time, trouble, and money. I thank you folks for listening, and I want you to take care and be kind to each other.
I would like to personally thank you for listening to Romantic Truth. You may follow us on Facebook.com backslash Romantic Truth. You may ask your friends to subscribe to Anchor.fm backslash Romantic Truth. Or you can leave us a message at Anchor.fm backslash Romantic Truth backslash message. You may contact us through email at RomanticTruthPodcast at gmail.com. Take care. Romantic Truth would like to take this opportunity and applaud our listeners and over 40 countries for their support. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. The views and opinions of this podcast does not reflect those of Romantic Truth, Anchor, Spotify, or any of its affiliates. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests, and should not be deemed as professional guidance, advice, or a professional practice. In the event you may need professional assistance, contact your local federal, state, or county agencies for specific assistance in social services, family counseling, or mental health services. For all medical, legal, and financial services please contact the appropriate licensed and certified professionals within your region. The music that is provided on this podcast that is not provided by Anchor is used under waiver by Jaws and One Music for fair use. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.